Man, it's like half the church. It's awesome. Thank you, Amos, for leading us in that prayer. I was fine until you did that. Thank you for that. Uh, now, hey, I'm really glad to be here this morning. Glad to have this opportunity to share with you. And, and when Tim had asked me, Tim's on vacation uh, here this morning. And um, for those of you that are just joining online, we want to welcome you to Grace Point. I'm Greg Peterson. I'm one of the elders here. And uh, those that are listening later, we want to welcome you here to this part. And uh, so, yeah, when Tim asked me a couple weeks ago, now, uh, if I consider uh, bringing the morning message while he was gone, I was, oh boy, we were actually in the hospital at that moment, and I was like, I'm not sure if we'll be around, not knowing, but um, I, I figured I, I'd give the, the right answer back and, and say, well, I'll pray about it, and, and, that, and for those of you that just laughed, you know that that means that you're going to come up with a good reason to say no. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's really what I was doing. But as I was praying about it, it really became an opportunity for me to flesh out some of the things that God's been doing in our lives in this season. And so it was actually an honor to do that. The other reason that I, I really thought about, and it's just to kind of let you in a little bit of how Greg's mind works, which is a scary place to be. Um, I was uh, thinking, well, if I say no, that, that means more than likely Chuck will probably preach. <laughs> And not that, I mean, Chuck, hey, Chuck, glad to see you this morning, brother. Yeah, I mean, Chuck's a great brother. He's a great preacher. He brings the word. I, I love him, and Chuck does a great job. It's not a slam on Chuck. However, it, it does seem like in Chuck's sermons that he does use me a lot in his illustrations because I'm, I don't know if it's because I'm sitting here. I don't know if it's because he knows I won't get mad at it. I don't know, but he, he likes to use me a lot, and, and sometimes even in bad ways, too, of like, you know, like a brother is sinning. Like, say Greg is living in sin. You know, it's like, whoa, what, man, what, what's going on here? Um, so anyway, uh, I thought that, well, if I say yes, I get the microphone, and Chuck's here. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this morning uh, to bring you the message here today. A little bit more about myself. By trade, I, uh, I've been in the cabinet, the custom cabinet industry for 27 years. My adult life has been in the custom cabinet industry, uh, whether it be manufacturing, installing, uh, ma uh, whatever. In the last uh, 15 years of my life, I've been in some type of management role um, or some sort of leadership role in the last 15 years. And I found that I actually do really enjoy that. Um, for some reason, I actually really enjoy people. They're amazing. I think we're, we're just an interesting breed of people and what motivates us, what uh, energizes us. Uh, and I love finding that out and, and, and fanning the flames of people. I love it when people work together and there's that synergy and when, when as a manager you're able to take away some of the frustrations or some of the things that causes, causing things not to work right and there's a synergy that happens that people just start working together better and that brings life and it's fun. And I love actually sitting down and, and, and being a mediator between two people that aren't getting along. I, I actually enjoy that. I enjoy sitting there and just asking questions and having them. I mean, 99% of the time, they come up with the answer. It's just seeing the other's point of view and just walking people through that and having people leave the, the room as friends again. And it's, it's a, as good co-workers. And that brings life to me. But one of the things, that, there are things that I don't like about manage, managing people. Number one, it's, there's people. And people are messy. People are just always making problems. And we've talked often about how we could invent a machine that we could put a, a log in one end and a kitchen comes out the other and it'd just be so much easier. Uh, but we haven't invented that quite yet. Um, 
the other thing I, I don't like about it is, is when things don't work well with people. When, when groups fall apart, when there's, the morale starts going down and, and you're in charge of the ship that's sinking and, and you've got to turn things around and it's, it's frustrating and it's hard. And, and I especially don't like when I'm sitting with two people and, and we're not able to see eye to eye. And we're not able to get beyond that. And, and I especially don't like when in those discussions people use absolutes. And you know in any argument they're dangerous words. He always does that. They never help out. I'm doing all the work around here. It's always, you know, always, never. And they use them as just ways to embellish, and I know they don't mean it, but the, the way that it comes across that, if for some reason that the hair on the back of my neck just stands up. I don't like absolutes like that. Well, this morning, I'd like to direct our attention to some absolutes in the Scripture. So when I read the Scripture, those absolutes in the scripture, or even as we sing songs, never once did you leave me. See, I believe those words mean something. And especially in the word of God, when it says never, I believe it means never. When it says always, I believe it means always. When it says in all things, I believe, I believe it means in all things. So this morning, as we look at our passage, and we'll, we'll put it up here, um, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. And if that's not hard enough, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Hard words to read sometimes. Hard words to live sometimes. When you're going through seasons of, of, of great joy and things are working out, yeah, I'm in. When you're going through seasons in the valley, how do you do this? How do you always be joyful? How do you never stop praying? How do you give thanks in all circumstances? It seems impossible. This morning I want to break it down a little bit. I want to look at that a little bit. How we've been viewing that verse and how we've been walking through that verse and I hope it's an encouragement to you guys. We all come from different perspectives. And this morning for those of you that, that don't know, um, my family, uh, my, my wife has been uh, diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer about three years ago. And at this point, um, there is, uh, chemotherapy is reacting well to it, um, but we know that medically speaking, there's no known cure for it. So we're walking that journey. So we're not sure what it, that journey even looks like. We're not sure if that's years, if that's months. We, we just don't know. And so we take one step at a time. And that's the season that I'm speaking to you in here this morning. And I'm speaking to you in this season. And I know that for some of you, you've gone through long seasons of harder things. And this is not a competition here this morning. I know that some of you have worked, walked long seasons of great joy. And I want you to celebrate when you're experiencing great joy and walking through a season. Don't feel guilty for that. Be joyful if you're in a, walking in a season on a mountaintop. There's freedom in that. Do that. Engage in that. But there's dangers anytime we're walking through things for a long period of time, a long season of time. If we're walking through things when things are going well for a long period of time, we have a tendency to think that we're doing it, that we have things in control, that we don't need God to show up. And, and sometimes we might even slip into some small sins and, 
well, you know what? Nothing ever changed, so I guess that's okay. And we, we, we tend to forget our God. And our, the Old Testament warns the Israelites about not forgetting these commandments during good seasons, not forgetting that. And, but on the other side, there's, there's danger of walking long seasons in the valley as well. And there's a danger to say, God's not around. And like the psalmist, they cry out, God, you know, far from my deliverance, is your voice, Lord, like, I, I can't even hear you anymore. I don't know if you're around anymore. Where are you at, God? And we walk in those long seasons. It's hard to understand and to hear God's voice when it feels so quiet. This passage that we're looking at there, here this morning, in context, is coming from a man, Paul, and most of you, I, I believe, who know uh, who Paul is. Paul is a man who was beaten many times for the gospel to the point of all one last short of death. He was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. Here's, he's a guy who understood, and he wrote a lot about, being joyful, being content in all situations. And so that I think that knowing that that perspective of, how, of a man who wrote these words helps us understand what does it mean for us to always be joyful, for us to never stop praying, and for us to give thanks in all circumstances. So let's jump into the first part here, always be joyful. Let's break this apart here a little bit. Tim, now Tim is going to be hitting this during the Advent series. He's going to be talking about joy during the Advent series. So I promised him that I wouldn't take all of his thunder away from him so that he has four Sundays to sound good. Um, and I promised him I wouldn't do all the hair jokes so that he can have them. So Anyway, he's going to be hitting this, so I'm not going to really dive deep into this part and, and to always be joyful because we're going to be doing that during the Advent series here coming up. However, I do. there's two things I, w- I want to kind of bring out on this. One, it, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, so just be careful when we're trying to manufacture something that is actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Just going to drop that and leave that and let that go right there. But that's one of the things. The other thing that I found... In personally and through our experience as I'm reading this, always be joyful, is that it's important for us to recognize when we are doing things outside of our control that the key or the foundation of being joyful is recognizing the reality of your situation. And I, even, I would like to even put it this way, um, that when we choose to deny the reality of our situation, we then choose to forfeit the joy of our deliverance. Ooh. Oh, guys, people say, ooh. Yeah, that's a good that's, that's like tweetable there, guys. But anyway, when we choose to deny the reality of our situation, we then choose to forfeit the joy of our deliverance. If we don't think we're going through much, if we kind of put blinders on and we're like, I'm okay, everything's fine, and then God delivers us from it, there's no joy in that because we didn't even know we were in trouble. So... For me, the foundation of joy, the foundation is, is beginning to recognize the reality of your situation. So when I think of this passage, I'm thinking, my mind is going, when it's saying always being joyful, I'm thinking I need to be taking a real look at what's, what's happening around me. I need to call it what it is. For some of you, and this is a little side, separate on a soapbox moment here, some of you struggle with the joy of your salvation. Um, I know I've been there as well. I wasn't saved from a lot. I can't look back on my pre-Christian life and say, wow, yeah, 
none of my gang that I used to do drugs and do all these bad things with, they don't even know me anymore because I'm a new creation and I'm so, you know, I've been saved from so many things and, and I, I really, I, I wasn't. I brought up in a great home. There wasn't a huge transition when I became a Christian. And sometimes it's hard to, to, to feel the joy of, of being a Christian. So I want to I share with you how uh, an exercise that you can do that I encourage you to do that I have done or do to, to help me get the joy of my salvation. And it's simply taking some time away, taking, give yourself an hour. It might go into two or three, just to give you a warning. Give yourself an hour where you can set yourself away. Hunting's a great time. If you're up at a tree stand, hey, tomorrow, go for it. Give yourself some time away and ask this question. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you who you are without Christ. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you who you are without Christ and let it sit and wait. And there's going to be a temptation to pull out of this, guys. He's going to begin to reveal some ugliness, some filthy rags in your life. And there's going to be a temptation that's like, okay, yeah, I got it, I got it, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. Let it go. The deeper you go, the more joy you'll find. Sit in that. Be aware of that. Make sure you know it's no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. Let the Holy Spirit lovingly guide you in this. And then ask the question, Holy Spirit, reveal to me who I am in Christ. Show me who I am because of you. And you'll see that contrast is what brings that joy. See, we need to recognize when we're walking on water. We need to recognize that there are, when there are times that, that this is, there are things that are happening, there are situations that are outside of our control, that we know that we can't, we weren't even designed to walk on. But the Holy Spirit and God can carry us in. Those times when we're walking on the water, we're not, we're not able to walk on the water. We know that. We need to recognize that so that we can receive joy, so that we can always be joyful. The worship team is going to lead us in this song and sing along, meditate along, or just pray whatever you want as we worship Him and recognize that we need Him. Oh, to have that level of faith to actually pray those words and to sing those words to say, take me deeper where I can't reach. Take me to those situations where I'm moving outside of what I was created to do on my own. Take me into those. And, and uh, what joy comes from that when we do that when we see God deliver us um, but it's tough to go it's tough to walk those, those journeys but the joy is there to always be joyful Paul goes on in his um, message here Paul goes on to say um, always be joyful never stop praying now obviously the, the, you know, when we think of prayer as far as okay let's close our eyes, bow our heads you know, our hands together and, and let's pray dear Lord, you know I don't think it's really meaning that because that'd be tough to do as in always do that, like never stop praying. So when I read this verse, what sticks out to me is never stop seeking his perspective. See, often for me, prayer isn't really, oftentimes it actually doesn't even change the situation. 
It changes my perspective. It gives me a perspective that God's in control and I'm not. It gives me the right vision to see things. And so that's how I'm reading this this morning as well as we walk this journey that we're on is to pray without, um, never stop praying, is to mean never stop seeking his direction, his perspective. Never stop seeking him in that. Now, some things I love about the scripture um, as well is sometimes it's very simple and very laid out, very clear. And prayer is one of those where Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Well, for me, I like verses like that because it says, okay, if Jesus says this is how you should pray, this is probably how we should pray. Ah, Seems pretty obvious to me. I can take that kind of teachings. For me, I I want to share with you this morning how I go through the Lord's Prayer, a model that has been taught to me, how I pray the Lord's Prayer, and and kind of make it my own. And, And I invite you to take this model to make it your own as well. It has been very powerful for me. Um, It is something that um, I need to do more often than I do, but it's to take the Lord's Prayer model and to break it apart section by section, sometimes word by word, and just pray out those things. For example, and I'm going to go down through them here. I won't even go our Father. I'll stick stick with our. And, And when I'm praying that, I'm praying, God, thank you for my family that's walking in this situation with me. Thank you for my church body who is praying for me. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not walking this journey alone, that there's an hour here, Lord, that you're our Father. You're not just mine, you're our Father. And there's a community of believers. Also, I'm thinking that Jesus, you're the one saying our Father. And then I'm reminded that Jesus, it's only through your blood that I'm able to have a relationship with God the Father. I'm not good enough on my own. God, thank you that when you're saying our Father, you're, you're sharing that sonship that airship. I, I'm, I'm a son of the Most High God, the God who is sovereign over everything and control of everything. I'm his kid. Now, yes, he disciplines his children, but he loves them, and he does it in a loving way. And now I move to Father, and I think about how our Father, our Heavenly Father, is such a perfect Father, how he's a good Father, how he loves us so much, and how he's passionate. He has a reckless love for he chases us. He loves us so passionately. And I, and I just let myself sit in that for a moment in time and say, God, thank you for being my father, which art in heaven. When I'm praying that, I'm, I'm thinking of the idea that, that, that our father, our mighty God, he's, he's in heaven looking down. His perspective, his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways higher than our ways. He's able to look down from a different perspective, a perspective that's in control of our situation. And I thank him for that. I thank him for being a God who has a bigger perspective on my life than what I can see right now. And when I go into that, um, how would be your name? I'm thanking him that he's a holy God, that he's a perfect God, that he makes no mistakes that he's perfect in all his ways. There's nothing he does that he messes up. He is perfect. He is a perfect father. And I think about those times that I'm not a perfect father, and there are many, but I'm, I'm so grateful that we have a perfect father. And when I pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, my prayer moves towards, God, I want your kingdom, which is your reign, your authority, your power over everything, that you are total dominance. I want that in this situation that I'm in right now. I'm praying for your kingdom 
to come that your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want that. Lord, I'm claiming that. I'm praying for that to be in this situation that I'm facing right now. I want your kingdom. I want your reign. Give us this day our daily bread. There are so many things I want. There are so many things I think I need. But our good heavenly Father knows what we need. And he knows when we need him. And that's hard sometimes because I want more and I want to know that everything's going to be okay down the road and all that. But no, give me today my daily bread. What I need today, Lord, that's what I'm asking for you. And then also forgive us as we forgive others. Um, Just the idea of wanting to have clean hands before God. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Fairly obvious what I'm praying there. God, keep me, keep my mind pure, keep my heart pure. Lord, just consume me. Um, For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. And Lord, my prayer is I want everything that I do, everything that you do within me, I want that just to purely reflect who you are. The people, when they see me and see the way that we're walking through things in this journey, I want them to point right to God and say, I know that that's not them. I know it's God working in them, and that's amazing. That's awesome. And I want that. I want your kingdom to come, your power, your glory. So that's a model that I use um, as I'm praying. So when I hear never stop praying, that's kind of what goes through my mind is never stop gaining his perspective on things. In the the Psalms, um, David writes, um, he's in this place where he's looking around him and he's seeing uh, evil men prospering. And he's like, this doesn't make sense to me. They're, they're doing everything wrong, but yet everything, they're, they're, they're prospering. And I'm doing everything right, and it's not turning out so well. And he's in this moment of just being honest before God. And I love how it turns. It turns in verse 16. It's, verse, it's Psalm 73. turns in verse 16 and 17. And it, and it says, um, let me make sure I get it right. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Until... I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. And that's my prayer in these seasons that we go through, that we start off with always be joyful, recognizing the situation we're in, but then we move to never stop seeking His direction, His perspective, that He's a good, good Father. He's perfect in all of His ways. He loves us so much. I invite you to stand this time as we worship through this song about proclaiming that our God is a good, good Father. You are perfect in all of your ways. Verses like, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love Him. Verses like we're looking at this morning. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Give thanks in all circumstances. Tough verses when you're walking in areas that you're not designed to walk. When you are in a valley in a long time. Tough verses. Verses that just beg the question, how can we be thankful in the valley? How can we be thankful during those times? It seems impossible. 
But what I'm trying to communicate this morning is that if we're always recognizing the reality of the situation that we're in, and then if we move to never stop seeking His perspective on that situation, and when you start seeing yourself doing things and being able to walk in ways that you know are not your own, when you're able to see God moving and you're seeing a strength that's coming from Him, when you begin to see that His grace is much deeper than you've ever experienced in your life and His mercies are new every morning and He is the one carrying you, it actually moves us to the point. It actually takes the question, instead of being how can we be thankful, the question now becomes how can we not be thankful in all circumstances because it's our God that carries us. There's no situation, there's no season, there's no circumstance that's bigger than our God. None. There's nothing outside of the, that happens outside of the hand of our Almighty God. I think there's a temptation for us at times to have an incorrect uh, theology of good and evil. See, I, I think we, 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 and we see this uh, portrayed in, in movies, we see it in TV shows, we see it in entertainment all around us, that good and evil are equal. That, that they, have, they have equal powers, and, and actually evil might even have more of them, to be honest with you. And, and the evil is happening, and all of a sudden, at the very end, the very last ounce of energy with everything that's left, good finally eeks by, and just, ah, oh, the tension is released. Ah, oh, it makes a great movie, but it makes a very poor theology. I believe the analogy that might be closer, all analogies break down, but I believe the analogy that might be closer to, to the proper perspective of good and evil is that between a shepherd the sheep, and a sheepdog. I had the opportunity several years ago, about 30 years ago, uh, to several, 30, wow, it has been that long. But anyway, the uh, story is still true, uh, and I still remember it. Um, but anyway, I had this opportunity to, to be in Ireland, and uh, staying, uh, we were on tour with a group, and we stayed at host families at the night, and then the next day you moved on kind of thing. So I was staying with this host family, and it always comes up in conversation, well, what do you do for a living, that kind of thing. And the guy raised sheepdogs, which I didn't know was a profession at all in my time. I'm like, you raise dogs and you make money, okay? Um, so he's like, well, would you like to see what I do tomorrow morning? I'm like, well, sure. Our, our, we don't have to be on our bus until like 10 o'clock. So sleep in, eat a big breakfast, see what you do, get on the bus, good day. So 5.30 in the morning, knock, knock, knock. Hey, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So we go out, and, and I don't know if you've ever been to Ireland, but it's the opposite of Florida. It rains all day long, and in 15 minutes, it's actually sunny. And during that time, it's gorgeous. It is absolutely beautiful. That's when everybody takes the pictures. That's what you see until you're actually over there. And you realize that it just rained for 23 and three-quarter hours. But anyway, we're out there, and it's misty. It's foggy. His dogs are just running around, and they, they look like regular dogs. I mean, they're, they're being just as bad as my dog is. They're just running around. And I'm like, well, obviously, you have a little way to go in your training regimen here. But... 
he, he's standing there, and, and it's like picturesque. It's like foggy. It's, it's, you can't see very far. It's misty. He's like this old dude with a cane. I mean, it's, just, it's an awesome picture. Uh, he's like, well, would you like to, me to show you? I'm like, sure. I'm, you got me up. Let's do this thing. So he does a series of whistles, and all of a sudden, all those dogs take off in a formation, flying out through the field, into the mist, over the uh, hill, gone. I'm like, dude, your dogs just ran away. Like, that's how my dog does at home growing up. Like, you unhook it from the farm and boom! You know, and it might come back for food, maybe. But it definitely doesn't listen to you. You know, none of you ever had any dogs like that, apparently. Anyway, that's my experience with dogs. So I'm like, dude, your dog's just like, took, they're gone. Good try. But sure enough, after a while... Up over the hill comes a flock of sheep, and these dogs are herding these sheep and working in perfect unison and, and bringing them in. I'm like, okay, now you got me. So he, he, he goes on to show me how, and he has a series of whistles, how he can move the flock to the left, he can move it to the right, he can make them stop, you know, and he can control these dogs. I mean, he's giving commands to the dogs, and they're doing that. And then he said, go ahead and pick, pick a dog. And I'm like, well, I like that guy. He's running like 100 mile an hour through the field, through the grassy fields, wet. And I'm like, that one, okay, all right. And he, he said, I'm going to tell him to stop. And so he does a series of whistles, and all the other dogs keep doing it that they're doing. They're all doing their thing. That dog is in a full run, full sprint. He moves up midair into a laying position midair, hits the ground, and just slides. It doesn't move. He's just, boom. To the sheep... From their perspective, the dogs around them are evil. They're telling them where they're going. They're directing their path. They wanted to go this way. It seemed like a good way, and now we're going this way. And there's this chaos around them. There's this, there's this dogs that are telling them and directing them where to go. But those dogs are doing nothing outside of the command of that shepherd. He's the one who's guiding and directing. He's using those dogs. And I believe for us, there's no circumstance. There's no circumstance that's bigger than our God. There's nothing that is stronger than our God. We are overcomers in Christ. Let's always be joyful. Let's be in touch and reality of the situation we're in so that we can receive that joy. Let's never stop seeking His perspective on things. And that's going to lead us to giving thanks to him because he's a good father. We have nothing to fear, nothing to fear because of who our God is. Amen? Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing our closing song, Whom Shall I Fear? Thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity to, first of all, process this stuff. This is a lot of things that, that was more, uh, I think, therapeutic for me than maybe for you, honestly. Uh, but thank you for allowing that. Thank you for sticking with me here this morning. And um, this is something, hey, we're not walking this perfectly. We're human just as everybody else. But this is something that we're keeping as our focus, as our mind. As it keeps us centered um, as we look at always um, being joyful, always being not afraid to look at the reality of our situation because we know that's where joy comes but starting at that point and we also just just keep reminding ourselves to never stop seeking his perspective on things never stop that and and so that in all things we can give uh, thanks to him for this is god's will for us who are in christ jesus thank you guys so much god bless have a great week
you are dismissed.